time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. You've probably figured this out by yourself by now, but if you own a vulva, did you know that there is a three in five chance that having penetrative sex doesn't result in an orgasm? Enter Zumio. (laughs) Zumio is a -a one-of-a-kind toy with the sole purpose of providing a unique, stimulating experience. And guess what? It doesn't even vibrate. It rotates with a concentrated pinpoint energy that allows you to control how and where you use it. There are four different models specifically designed for your personal intensity preferences. And Zumio is great for vulva mapping and exploring the rest of your body, whether that is solo or with a partner. Check out www.myzumio.com slash Rachel. That's R-A-C-H-E-L for a special discount for the Right Conversations listeners and take control of your orgasms today. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 10 of The Right Conversations. Wow, I can't believe we're at 10. I am so thrilled. Today we are having a conversation about navigating sex work in the modern world with Nicole Mitchell. Now, if you have heard the name Nicole Mitchell, uh, that's probably because she went viral as the pastor-turned-stripper. She is also a coach for other people and truly helps people do what they love. And today's conversation is so, so, so important. There is so much stigma in this world, I mean, around so many things. But one of the things where stigma is very pervasive is around sex work. Um, We talk about this a little bit in the interview, but I know that for a lot of people, they hear the words sex work and they think, oh, back alley prostitute from Law & Order SVU. And while there are sex workers that are in alleys in New York City, that is a very, very one-dimensional and kind of damaging view of what sex work is. So today we're going to talk about what sex work actually is, like the umbrella that it covers, what Nicole does, and really get into how one hires a sex worker, um, how to ask questions of a sex worker. Uh, If you are at a strip club and are interested in doing more than looking uh, and getting a lap dance, is there an appropriate way to ask that? We are talking about it all. And so I want to encourage you today, if you saw the title of this episode and had any kind of reaction, any kind, like even just the slightest, like, listen, it is only through these conversations that we are going to release the shame and stigma around topics. And this is such an important topic. 
So without further ado, a conversation about sex work in the modern world with Nicole Mitchell. Hello, Miss Nicole Mitchell. Welcome to The Right Conversations. How are you? I am so good. I am so excited about the conversation we're going to have today. Oh, same. Okay, so this episode is called A Conversation About Navigating Sex Work in the Modern World. So tell us who you are and why we're talking to you about this topic. Yes. So I'm Nicole Mitchell. I've gone viral as the pastor turned stripper. And since owning my story, it allowed me to go from food stamps to seven figures. And so I deeply believe in sex work, what it has to offer us and can't wait to talk about it with you. Oh, I'm so, okay. I'm thrilled. So first and foremost, I want to hear your story, but before we even get to that, for anyone listening, can you define sex work? Mm. Oh, <laughs> you're asking the audience. I'm like, that's such a good reflective question. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, so if you're listening to this, take a pause, ask yourself what you think sex work is, and then hit play. And Nicole, will you tell us what your definition is? Yes, I love it. And I, I, I'm excited to read people's comments when they come in because everyone's definition is so different, which I think is really cool. Um, so my definition of sex work is the exchange of money for goods and services that are sexual related. Beautiful. That sounds so simple. It is. It's, it's incredibly simple and it's incredibly big umbrella. And it's surprising how many people could technically fit under the, the umbrella or the term sex work. Can you give some examples of what's under that umbrella that people may be like, oh, oh. Yes. So we have our typical like strip strip clubs. We have what we'd consider prostitutes. We have online content creators such as myself, people who are on like OnlyFans or Fansly. It could even be you're an erotic writer. Um, mm-hmm. You write sexual content that is then sold and people read and consume. Um, so anything sexual is a form of sex work of some kind, which is pretty amazing. Beautiful. Okay. So now let's start with your story because pastor turned stripper. I remember the first time I heard that I was like, what, what? It was like a record scratch moment in my head. Can you bring us back to being a pastor and then how now you're on OnlyFans? Like bring us through that journey. It's a, it's a small, small journey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it yes. took a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was so committed to fulfilling the good girl narrative. To be a good girl, good wife, good mother was what I was programmed to be from a very young age in my religious community. And so much so that even becoming a pastor was considered rebellious because women in my community were not allowed to be leaders. Wow. We were meant to be in the nursery or in the kitchen, having babies or cooking food, but absolutely meant to be seen and not heard. So when I decided to become a pastor, that was like the big, um, it was like my coming out of the closet moment before I even realized I was queer and came out of the closet. I came out as a pastor and it created a big wave in my circle of, um, it was inappropriate and wrong and sinful of me. So to eat, so you can imagine if my people thought it was wrong of me to 
become a a pastor. pastor. You can imagine how they handled when I got into adult work. Um, And I tried it and I loved some parts of it. I love teaching. I love guiding. I love mentoring. I love coaching. I love having a flock to tend to. I have a very pastoral heart. I Mm. care very deeply about the people or person in front of me, which actually translates so beautifully to sex work. Like my fans always joke that I'm still a pastor just with no clothes (laughs) on. And it's the best compliment ever. Um, So once I was like I kind of got disillusioned and burned out by the church and church politics. And I got burned out on the script that was passed down to me about who I should be and what I should and shouldn't be doing with my life. And in 2017, I was just like, screw it. Like I can't win no matter what I do. I'm doing something wrong. I'm disappointing someone. I'm letting someone down. What would it look like if I just left everything I knew and went on a journey to find out what's actually true? What is true for Nicole Mitchell? Not what others told me was supposed to be true. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most terrifying decisions because I left my entire community. I left my circle of friends. I left my flock that I deeply cared about, but all for the chance of becoming a free woman. And that's what I wanted. Like at the end of the day, I could choose to be a, a good girl or a free woman. And I was ready to be a free woman. And it was on that journey that I returned to my childhood desires of wanting to be sexual. I remember middle school fantasizing about being a stripper someday. And I quickly learned you, yes. And I quickly learned you don't talk about that in Sunday school. Like, I'm like, doesn't Uh. everyone want to be a stripper? And then I learned, oh, oh no, no one wants to be. And I'm like horribly, horribly wrong for even having that desire. Uh, And so once I started- The shame is so awful. Yes. Because if I could do it all over again, I always say this, like I would have done this so much earlier in my life. I probably would have been a stripper at age 18, just fresh out the door. I just was so fierce and fiery, but was too programmed and indoctrinated to do that. So I returned to my desires from childhood of wanting to be a stripper, of wanting to be a model, be on magazine covers, be sexy, be yearned after, be ravished, and started dabbling in online modeling. And it kind of blew up unexpectedly because I thought I was too late. I was too old. I was too short. I was a mom. Like I just thought I had everything against me, but the internet ate it up and it led to more and more self-expression. And then I learned about this platform where you can make money for your content. And I was like, are you kidding me? Sex and money. Those are like my two favorite things in the entire world. And I can blend those like, yes. So then I started making slowly over time, making adult content online and found out how much I loved it. And now I'm one of OnlyFans top creators and I make more in a month than I used to make in a year. And I just think that the modern version of sex work is such a gift and an empowerment to so many other people who want to be sex workers. And you can now be one in your own variation of it. It's no longer the traditional on the street or in the club. You can now do it all online. I want to quickly interrupt this episode to talk about my latest project with Best Self Co. If you don't already know, Best Self Co. is a brand with a range of simple yet meaningful tools that help people achieve their goals, be more productive, and create positive change in their life. I've had the pleasure of working with Best Self Co. on a few projects, the latest being their brand new Intimacy After Dark deck. This 150-card conversation deck is a tool for talking about and exploring sex to bring more connected intimacy into your life. 
The deck was designed with all relationship structures in mind and includes a conversation framework adapted and approved by me that guides you through consensual and comfortable conversations about sex. Best Self was so kind to provide a code to my listeners so that you can get your hands all over the Intimacy After Dark deck before it's gone. Use the code Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, during checkout at bestself.co and get 30% off the new Intimacy After Dark deck. That's bestself.co and code Rachel for 30% off the new After Dark deck. I want to thank Best Self Co. for being one of today's podcast sponsors. Now, back to our conversation. Oh, God, I have so many questions. Right. What what are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have when they hear what you do? Yeah, it's, it's, it breaks my heart every time when they just assume it's trauma-based. Oh, Oh, say more about that. You have daddy issues. You Mm. were hurt as a teenage girl. You're broken. You're shallow. You're looking for attention. It's, pretty crappy. And I just like look at them and I'm like, you really think that? Or is that just like a catchphrase you've heard people say over the years? Like, I don't really think you mean that. And so I am very open about what I do because of the misinformation and the misconception about adult work that you have to be shallow or broken um, to want to do it. And to, and for me, I feel like my stuff is very soulful, very substantial, and even spiritual. Like in my online work, you get the sexy, you get the erotic, absolutely. But I also bring the spiritual and the woo and the goofy and the nerd that I am. And I think that's part of what makes it so magnetic is it's not one dimensional because I refuse to only be one thing when I'm so many things. And so I love pushing back against people's misconceptions of like, oh, wait, she's a mom and she does this. Wait, she's spiritual and she does sex work. And I'm like, yes, I'm bringing you into the gray and I want you to sit with that. Why do you think people are so uncomfortable around this topic? And when I say people, and if you're listening and you're like, I'm not, don't judge. Like (laughs) a lot of the majority of people, you know, the, the circles that I'm in, sex work is very common. I have a lot of friends who are sex workers. And again, under a vast umbrella of what that means. Um, and so for me, it doesn't, I, I, I don't get like the, the brain like, Oh, that's a, that's a thing I don't hear about. Like I, it's just a part of my life. And Mm -hmm. I know for a lot of people, because of our purity culture that we have in our country, it it does kind of give like a little tummy, like, Oh, sex work. Oh, and Mm -hmm. I'm wondering what, yeah, what you would say to that. Yeah, there's a lot there. I think a lot of it's cultural, like our Puritan ways. I think a lot of it's religious based, like Mm. there's so much body Mm -hmm. shame and sex shame and a lot of mainstream evangelical Christianity, which a lot of Americans identify as. Um, There's our own misunderstandings because we're not, this isn't really talked about, especially, you know, until sex work moved so much online, like it did in the past few years we had very little interaction or exposure to it growing up. So only the horror stories or the poor portrayal that was shown of sex workers in the media, there was never like this great association with sex work or you never knew someone who was in it. Or if you did, it was like a big hush hush. Oh, like that's aunt Susie. Like, stay away from her because she we, we don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about her. Um, and so like, this is why I love what you do. And like, 
and why I am so public about what I do is like, I just want to bring these conversations into homes so that future generations can raise up in a sex positive, body positive, pleasure positive home that if they so choose to get into sex work or participate or pay for sex work, that it's met with like clean energy and acceptance Mm -hmm. and God forbid joy that someone can know their desires and honor them and do it in an ethical way and pay someone for it or be paid for it because it's just simply not talked about. And there's just not as many public role models that people are aware of. And so this is one thing I, because as someone as an online sex worker, I have a ton of privilege, a ton of privilege that. Will you explain that? Yes. So because I work online, I don't have a boss. I don't have a middleman. I pick my rates. I pick my hours. I am in complete control. When you work in person, you often have a middleman. You have a boss. You have to tip out to all the people you work with, whether it's at the club or you're on the streets and you, you're the only one advocating for yourself. Or if you have a pimp, like you do not have as much privilege or power when you're on the streets or in the clubs. So because I'm very aware of my privilege that I have it really good and really easy, and that's not true for all sex workers, I actually tr- promote other sex workers, sex workers, especially in-person sex workers on my Instagram, because I want more people to be exposed to sex workers of all kind. I want it to be normalized. I want you to see all of our humanity, all the variations and expressions of it. And I try to use my platform to promote that because I know it's a privilege and they deserve as much prestige and honor and respect as anyone else does. Oh, that's so beautiful. So I... <sighs> I'm curious, and I know we're, I'm just going to go off on this road for a second with you. Let's go. How do you talk to your kids about this? And okay, can you share a little bit about that? The honeypot is more than the products in your bathroom cabinet. It's embracing that time of the month. It's staying balanced through the ups and downs, good sex, and bad sex. It's exploring, it's learning, it's plant-derived. Powered by herbs and science, the first complete personal care system to get you what you need when you need it. Check out The Honeypot at Target, Walmart, Walgreens, and on thehoneypot.co. You can enter code RACHEL20, that's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-0, for 20% off your first Honeypot order on thehoneypot.co. Oh my gosh. Yes. This is like one of my favorite questions. It used oh, to be my, brilliant. It used to be my most terrifying question. I'm like, please, please, <laughs> please. No one asked me this. And then I sat with it. Cause I'm like, Nicole, everyone's going to ask you. And I actually like wrote out my answer. I recorded myself saying mm-hmm. it practicing to like make peace with it. And what's cool in the process of doing that, I took my power back mm-hmm. and I no longer became afraid and actually became really excited to have this conversation. So I'm a mom of three. I have a six, nine and 12 year old and they're freaking amazing. Um, I'm a single mom and it delights me to no end knowing that not only do I get to do what I love and get paid a lot of money, but it also gets to provide for my family. And that's a really big deal in a world where so many obstacles are set up against women in minority groups. And so to know that I'm able to provide for my babies is a big, big deal for me. So I like to frame it with my kids about saying kids do kids things, adults do adult things. Mm-hmm. and normalizing that there's different activities that are age appropriate. And as you get older, you're going to understand more. And the way I kind of prepare them is we talk a lot about bodily autonomy. We talk a lot about consent. We, we're very body positive. We, we name all our parts, the correct terms. We talk to, about our genitals in the re- correct terms, like very open. 
Um, I've been published in magazines. So they've seen magazines around my house with me wearing lingerie in them. I have my lingerie closet is twice as big as my regular closet. I have so much lingerie everywhere. I have sex toys. So they see it all and they always know they can ask me anything. And in fact, one of my kids a couple of weeks ago was like, mom, what's fuck mean? And I'm like, that's a great question. And I said, actually, it can mean a few different things depending on how it's used. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could mean sex. If that's how it's being used, it could mean like, oh crap. It could mean like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Like it just depends on how the person uses it. It's quite a versatile word. <laughs> yes. And she's like, okay. And just ran off, you know, and it's like, and what I love mm-hmm. in those moments is like, maybe they had heard what I said or not, but they felt the energy and the energy is it's safe here. You can ask mommy anything. And I actually think, I actually personally believe that kids of sex workers are the healthiest humans because we are constantly having conversations about consent and bodily autonomy and pleasure and naming your body and your body, your right, your choice mm-hmm. that aren't talked about in most homes because we're so afraid. We're so afraid if we talk about it, they'll yeah. become it. If we talk about being gay, they'll become gay. It's like, instead of just like de- dis- being disarming, and making it safe space and knowing that your child already knows who they are and they're only going to become who they came here to be. So you might as well have open, honest, kind, caring dialogue that gives them the terminology and the tools to navigate their upbringing. And I find that sex workers do it the most. So I love this. How would you recommend let's say someone's listening to this and they're not a sex worker. They work in corporate America, both parents do, or one parent does and one's it, whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. And they want to have a conversation about sex work with their child. Because yeah. let's just name that like, I know I don't want my kid's first exposure to sex work to be watching Law & Order SVU. <laughs> you know, like that's not, and like, no shade to that show. I love that show. I've fallen asleep many times to that show. I've watched many a marathon. And the portrayal of, you know, a, a sex worker on the street in that show is showing like one very limited, very over-dramatized yeah. version of sex work. So yes. if we don't want our kids' first exposure to sex work to be Law & Order SVU or on the news or something like that, what is your advice to parents who want to talk to their kids about it. And obviously it's different at different ages, but I'll, I'll let you just kind of take it. Oh, I love this question so much. Okay, I have a few thoughts on this. So one is they are going to learn about it from shows like that. It's just inevitable. They're going to see stuff. We're just inundated with media. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they're going to see it. And I think being willing to either pause in the moment, talk about it, or to make sure to talk about it later. So I find for me, the best time to talk to my kids is actually at bedtime when I'm snuggling them. We're all tired. We're relaxed. We're just like kind of chatting. And if there's anything I wanted to bring up in a loving way, nothing bad or punitive, just like, Hey, you know how we were watching that show earlier and there's a scene of this woman and they, how they portrayed her. I actually wanted to like talk to you about that real quick and kind of just flesh it out for your kid a little bit and like bring it up. I do have my kids, um, cause I want to raise my kids in a very LGBTQ positive home. Cause mm-hmm. I didn't realize my queerness until my thirties. And I felt robbed mm. of 30 years of my life that I could have had a different experience <sighs> knowing of myself. And so when we're watching shows later, I'm like, isn't it funny how like almost all cartoon shows, it's always a guy and a girl. 
that mm-hmm. they always took up like that. Where's like the guy and his boyfriend or the girl and her girlfriend? Like where's mm-hmm. the trans characters? Like, yep. and just like getting them to pay attention to the messaging that's happening. So that yeah. is the beauty of toxic messaging is we can use it for our kids good and make them aware of it and offer them a different narrative. Um, another good thing, especially if you're not connected to the sex world uh, or sex work, um, is start following sex workers online and learn from them, read their stuff, listen to them. Like we are just books of stories and you'll learn things about yourself. You'll learn about your misconceptions or you'll learn about your gut was right about something or ways to talk about it. So fill your feed with sex workers. And then I would encourage you to get involved in like connecting through local communities. So like I know in the LGBTQ community, there's a lot of us who are content creators, a lot of us who are sex workers. And so like you could hang out and meet us and get to know us. And then you'll find some of us might be sex workers. And now you have like actual people and actual friends to have these conversations with. And then I'm a huge fan of ordering books. I buy all the mm. books on all things, sex, pleasure, bodily autonomy, consent for my kids at, of all ages. Like I just bought five new books last week. As soon as I learned about them, I buy them because I want my house. And I personally just leave them around my house. If I'm like, Hey, kids read this, they won't read it. But if they see a book laying on the table called sex, it's a funny word. They're going to pick it up and thumb through it. And I, that's my way of like, I'm just going to leave it around. Little golden nuggets for you to pick up as you go about your day. And they read all the books. Ugh, love that. Luanda Massager is a woman-founded luxury vibrator brand that brings unparalleled quality to a notoriously sketchy industry. Luanda originated as one hell of a classic wand, all the power you could want with an award-winning design to match, and has now become a full line of best-in-class, heart-pounding, hair-raising toys designed with pleasure in mind for all bodies. Take 25% off your order at lawandmassager.com using code Rachel Wright. All right, I'm going to pivot back for a minute. So we've talked about kids. We've talked about your journey. Why in your experience, and I've been asked this question, so please know that this is coming from a a place of curiosity from people. Mm. I often get asked, why would people hire a sex worker? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the spectrum of sex work is large, as we were talking about. So however you want to answer this, please go ahead. Um, but why why would someone hire a sex worker? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Just, I'm like so excited. Thank you for asking this. And thank you for everyone's curiosity about this. I think it's such a beautiful question. So... I am someone whose deepest fantasy is to be an escort. I love the idea of being a companion. I follow several companions on social media and I watch how they navigate, you know, how they run their business and do that. And it's interesting, like whenever I go out to eat and I see like an older gentleman sitting by himself eating dinner and I'm like, God, I would just love to have dinner with him and make him feel so amazing and learn his story and learn where he's been and provide companionship and rich conversation. And even if that's all I offered him, God, wouldn't that be an amazing meal? Or if I see something, God, wouldn't it be amazing to like blow his night away with so much pleasure and make him the focus? Like I actually think this as I go about and live my day, like that's like my companion heart, like yearning to experience things. And that's part of why I love what I do 
I would rather have someone come to my online space and pay me to create content of their fantasy than have them go fill it in an unethical way. They take out their aggression on someone else. They harm someone else. Mm -hmm. They go against someone's consent. Like I feel so honored when they pay me and I charge a lot to create content that they would pay my price to fulfill custom content. Custom content. And then I also offer one-on-one calls, um, Zoom calls with my fans 90% of them, usually when you think of one-on-one calls with fans, it's for sexy time. It's where you do anything sexual. It could be co-masturbating. It could be being strip teasing, performing, anything. 90% of my one-on-one calls with my fans are just to talk. Huh. They yearn for connection. They want to talk about business. They want to talk about how to make more money. They want to talk about how to better pleasure their partner. They want to talk about how to leave their religion and become who they came here to be. How do they raise kids in a sex positive home? Like our conversations are amazing. And they're paying me to have a conversation. Like what a gift. Yeah. And I think depending where you live, like maybe you don't have very many options. I have one fan who's very isolated. And so he doesn't have options for dating people. So he either pays to have calls with me or he pays for in-person sex workers. And he absolutely love it. And the women love it. He's introduced me to the women. He's like, you need to meet each other because you're all so amazing. (laughs) Like, you're so amazing. Like it can be done from a very whole place of like, I live in a a very isolated spot or I'm not interested in in having a relationship and rather ethically pay for someone what I wish to receive versus forcing that upon someone at the end of a date that may not want it. Mm -hmm. Everyone wins when it's done with consent and open and when money is exchanged because you are paying for exactly what you want everything's clear. Everything's above the table. There's nothing. It's just so much easier to me sometimes than trying the dating route. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I get asked a lot because I'm non-monogamous. Often when I do AMAs, I'll get questions like, how do my partner and I go about having a threesome? Mm -hmm. And so often it's, um, you know, a, a male, female couple or a man and a woman couple. And they're looking for a woman to be their, their third. And my first answer is hire a sex worker. Yeah. You know, my, my second one is put it in your dating profile, right? Like at the top Mm -hmm. that that is what you're looking for so that everyone is on the same page. But the first answer is hire a sex worker because of exactly what you said. Yes. It's, you know what you want. Mm -hmm. So why not pay someone who knows what they're doing to give you the thing you want. Oh my gosh. I, okay. This, I would like a perfect spinoff example of this because it just happened in my life. Yeah. So I've been wanting to create girl, 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 girl content for my OnlyFans for two years now. I've actively been seeking it out. I've put it on dating apps. I've put it on my Instagram stories and like, I, I just get dead in after dead in. I'm like, I'm a little shocked. I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm a delight. I feel like we have an amazing time. Why is it so freaking hard? Like it should be so easy but I must be really awkward or I don't know. I it See, I everyone do- listening, you know how beautiful <laughs> Nicole is. So if you ever are doubting yourself and the response on your dating profile, know that it's not you. <laughs> yes. It's like, I feel like a total dork. I'm like, what is happening in my life right now? So then I'm like trying to like go on dates with women and trying to like, okay, how do I bring it up? Are they open to it? And this is so complicated. And then yesterday I was filming a documentary with a, about another woman. She's Dutch who's gone big in Holland and she wants to go big in LA as an online sex worker. And so we, they wanted me to coach her and mentor her. And then they're like, okay, now we want you to do a scene together. And I was like, Oh, 
uh, oh, I didn't know that came with this documentary, but like, I'm totally down with it. Are you down with it? And she's like, oh, I thought that's what we were doing. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. So we spontaneously created girl, girl content. We turned it on. We did the thing. We turned it off. We started laughing and chatting and it was so easy because mm. I was working with a professional. There was no like, oh, is she into me now? Does she expect me to stay in contact with her? Does she need to like deep uh, process, um, process this afterwards? It's like, hey, oh. thanks so much for hanging out. You're there? Let's... Yeah. Can you hear me? No. Can you hear me? Yeah. You just cut out. Uh, that's so weird. Okay. That's so bizarre. So it ended and then yes. you were talking. Um, yes. Yeah, so we were just like talking and laughing. And it was so easy. There was no fear of like, oh, is she into me? Does she expect me to stay in contact? Does she need to process this with me? Because she was a professional and I was a professional. We we know how to turn it on, turn it off, and we were done. And I was like, yeah, what's taken me two years just happened in 20 minutes. And it's because <laughs> it was with a professional. So yes, it makes it so much simpler. Love that. So how does someone go about if if they're hearing this and they're like, oh, I, the idea of paying someone to make content for me sounds great, or the idea of hiring a third sounds great, anything under this umbrella, how should people start that process? Mm, that's such a great question. So it kind of depends on your personality. Like mm -hmm. if you're like the in-person kind of person, I'd recommend checking out your local strip club. Like go see who the in-person dancers are and like give yourself permission to try something new and pay attention. What kind of dancer lights you up? Who are you drawn to? Who are you attracted to? And maybe you don't have the courage to do anything that first time, but if you go back, you'll eventually maybe get the courage to like pay for a dance. And if you mm -hmm. like that and you like the interaction, maybe you'll then pay for like a VIP room. Like there's that pathway. If you want to be more discreet and just keep it all online, you could look up yeah, like look up um, OnlyFans content creators. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Is it inappropriate for someone to ask a stripper at a strip club for like more contact or sexual interaction? Um, from my understanding, it's always okay to ask. Okay. And okay. then you're just be okay with the answer you get. Totally. And if they say no, then say, is there a place that you'd recommend. Cause I know one stripper I found online. Um, she doesn't offer any additional services outside of what the strip club offers, but she'll be like, there's a sex club down the street. Like if uh, you want to go further with someone. And so yeah. you could ask them like, okay, if you don't do it, who, where could you point me to? Okay. And they will definitely have all the resources. So it's not, it doesn't, um, <laughs> it's not offensive to ask. Right. Correct. I, okay. and I think always the way, you, the way you ask is as important as the question. Like, yes. Hey, I feel a little uncomfortable asking this, but I want it is out of respect that I'm asking. Um, if I was interested in going further, is that something you offer? And if not, is there a place you could point me to that offers additional services outside this club? Beautiful. Thank you so much for that language. Yeah. I think like, I think sex workers are really open and honest and kind of the real deal. So um, that was a great question. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. Um, and you can do the same thing online. Like you could, you know, join in OnlyFans 
um, page and see how you like that person. And if you like their vibe and if you like how they interact and kind of ask them, I have fans who subscribe to my page and then in the DMs, like, can you tell me how this works? Mm. Like I've never been on an OnlyFans. So I'm brand new to this. So I'm like, oh, I, they're like my favorite people. Cause they're just so open and honest. And like, I'm so excited to take them under my wing, um, and kind of explain how it goes and then let yeah. them like explore at what level they feel comfortable. So I, it's amazing. Once we become curious, the things we become aware of. Yeah. The information was there. The connections were always there. The people are always there. The links were always there, but because of our curiosity, we now are aware of them. Amen to that. You know, I, mm-hmm. one of the things that I have said a lot is that where curiosity exists, shame often does not. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I love that. Right. So like much. when we're being curious, it's almost impossible for shame to, to try to get in the way it can try to creep in. But if we are really committed to that curiosity, it often just kind of fucks off. Yeah. And I think to like, it, to be human is to be curious. Yes. So to normalize it, like, I think we're all curious. We all have questions. We're always kind of wonder what it would be like. And to like, right. know that it's okay to think that right. and it's okay to vocalize that. Like, yes. it's like me, like I have always wanted to know what it's like to be an in-person escort. Like it's something I think about, mm-hmm. I fantasize about, I talk about, maybe someday I'll do it. But just by being willing, like knowing that's okay to be curious, knowing it's okay to have these desires also helps to spell the shame and makes it for better conversation with people we're talking with. Yes. In the very first episode of this podcast, we talked about how to talk about sex and other intense topics with your partner. And I mentioned working with a company that I love and have partnered with called Best Self Co. They're the company that I created the Intimacy After Dark deck with. Well, I love the team over there. And as a thank you for listening to this podcast, we are combining forces to give one lucky listener per episode a free Intimacy After Dark deck. What do you have to do to enter? Visit bestself.co slash Rachel. Plus, don't forget that they are offering all my listeners 30% off the new After Dark deck. Again, visit bestself.co and use promo code Rachel. Okay, so I have one more question for you and then kind of a final question and then we'll wrap up for today. What can people do to be better clients, customers, consumers, whatever of those C words apply to whatever sex worker they are interacting with. Yes. So a sex worker is just like any other person. We all have our own preferences, our own boundaries, our own limits. And so I think being really respectful of each person's boundaries is different for every person. Um, And so find out like, hey, I'm new to your page or I'm new to this club um, or new to a club at all. It's my first time ever. I'm not really sure how this works. So can you explain to me like how it works in general and then what your specific boundaries are? So that way you're kind of learning the lay of the land, but you're also learning the direct boundaries of the person in front of you. That's really important. And I tell my, my fans, if you can't honor someone's boundaries, then don't be in their space. If you wish you want to go further with her, but she said, no, you need to leave. Like, don't ever push back on a sex worker's boundaries. We have very particular boundaries for a very specific reason, just like anyone else does. And so I think just knowing that, knowing just because we're a sex worker doesn't mean we're a free for all. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. It's like, nope, we're real people. 
with real desires and real fears and we have real limits. And the more you honor that, the more amazing your experience will be with that person in front of you. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you. And so simple, right? Like these, these concepts feel and seem so large Mm -hmm. when we don't know anything about them. And then the second we learn about them, it's like, oh, so just like ask politely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I never thought of that. What a concept. Yes. Yes. Oh, When I went to, um, I went to my first strip club here in California a few months ago. I used to go to queer strip clubs all the time in Minnesota, but it's at my first strip club here in, um, California. And I, I paid for a girl to come back and dance on me. And I, every two minutes I was asking for consent. I'm like, is it okay if I touch your skin? Where am I allowed to touch you? Where am I not allowed to? She's like, you can touch me anywhere, but my pussy. I'm like, great. And then she would be dancing close to me. Like, is it okay if I like touch your breasts? She's like, yes. And I would like barely touch the edges of them. And she'd grab my hands, and, like put them on and squeeze them tight. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I just <laughs> wanted to be so careful that I, that she felt yeah. safe with me. And I, and I love that I could be that client for her. I was like, I'm paying you for your time, yes. but you're a real person. And I want to honor your limit the entire time we are together. And I just think there's something really sacred and beautiful about that. Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Do you yeah. have any... <laughs> I know I said I had one more question, but I'm going to ask you one more. Do you have any uh, really funny or silly or I I don't like the word embarrassing because we want to get rid of shame and embarrassment implies their shame, but any like silly uh, giggly stories that have happened to you, whether being on the sex worker side or on the customer consumer side? Yeah. So I, so I'm an online, um, content creator and performer and I love to dance, but am I good at it? Not really. So (laughs) whenever I make striptease videos, I almost always trip almost always. And I was always so embarrassed. I'm trying to be sexy and erotic. And all of a sudden I like trip over my shoe and I'm like, I feel like such an idiot. And I, and I always wanted to edit them out, but something about me felt, it felt too authentic to cut it out and make it perfect. Uh And the DMS I get from my fans are like, please, for as long as you live, never edit out your, your fumble and your trips. That is my favorite part. I look for in every video you send out. And I'm like, so now it's become a signature mark. Something I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not nearly as savvy and sexy as women who'd perform on stage and I'm like tripping on my own floor, my own house. And they're like, please keep doing it because we fucking love it. And I'm like, you all are the best, which just shows they're just looking for the real deal at the end of the day. They want yep. the sexy, they want the erotic, and they also want to know you're a person at the end of yes. the day. That's what I love about how sex work is changing. It went from a very one dimensional, I'm going to hire her and I'm going to do this to her and I'm going to leave her. And it's like, can we have a call and talk? Can I watch how you perform? Oh my God, please keep tripping. It's the best thing about you. It's so much deeper nowadays. And I just think it's such a gift to everyone involved. Oh, I love this. Okay. So very last thing I promise this time. (laughs) If you had to leave everyone listening with two pieces of information, advice, something that you really, really want folks listening to take away from today. Yes. I love it. I instantly thought of two words and they both start with T. Mm. The first one is trust yourself. Mm. In a society and especially in America where if you are anything, if you are not white cis men, 
mm-hmm. the power. You are, you are programmed from a young age to not trust yourself. Yeah. Don't trust your desires. Don't trust your knowing. Trust what these outside of voice, voices and opinions have about you and do what they want you to do. So the greatest act of revolution is to trust yourself. And so I'm constantly training and supporting my clients. So can you trust your desires? Can you trust your knowing? What would it look like to live a life based on you trusting yourself, trusting your path? So at the end of the day, you're the only one who knows what is meant for you. Trust that knowing. And the second T word I want to add to that is I want you to try. I want you Mm. to try some of these things you've been curious about, but you've been too afraid or hesitant to actually explore. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much pleasure and playfulness and freedom when we're willing to try something we have curiosities about. And don't wait to get to the end of your life wishing you had tried it. Try it. You'll be okay. I love that. Nicole, thank you so much, not just for being here today, but for being in the world as you. It is, you are such a beautiful example of being who you are is the best thing that you can be. And you are helping people everywhere release shame, learn lean into curiosity, understand things. And as someone who is doing similar work, just in a different way, Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. And I know everyone listening will appreciate this. Thank you, Rachel. That means a lot to me. And I love what you do so much. I love who you are. I love how open and honest and real and the, the conversations you host through this podcast, through your coaching, through your content, um, is changing people and setting more people free. So thank you for being you and doing what you do. We're all better off because of it. Thank you. Right back at you. I will link all of Nicole's contact information, including her OnlyFans, uh, in the show notes. And like she said, you know, go go check it out. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, I've never been on OnlyFans, like go go check out OnlyFans. You know, go see what it is. I'm sure you've heard of the website, and now you have heard someone who's on it, talk about it. And it's one of the best ways that you can consume ethical adult content is you're paying a person, like Mm -hmm. you're actually paying a person. And that is not the case on most websites that people go to, to watch sexual content. So thank you, Nicole. So, so, so deeply appreciate you. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Rachel. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. 